Hey, Capers, how you doing? This is uh, Chris, the Film School Dropout, and this is Capes Eat Free. Um, this is this is a, a segment that I usually call Capes uh, Eat Free on TV, where we do TV shows. So, <laughs> We're going to talk about some TV shows today. Folks. Yes, we are going to talk about some TV shows. This is Chris, and yes, I have a special guest with me. Um, you don't remember my name, do you? I do. Um, and we have a special guest with us. Today we have the professor... Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he does sound smart, right? Well, we're going <laughs> to test that knowledge. <laughs> this is uh, Capes Eat Free on TV. Capes Eat Free on TV. And today we are doing a... Uh, actually, we're going to cover a, a TV show, our HBO Max. We should be doing more HBO Maxes, I think. Yeah, we should be doing more HBO Max. This is the biggest direct to HBO Max series ever as of yet from so what far. i hear more is coming but i think they renewed it for season two. Oh, yeah but i heard it from an unreliable source who continually says things that are not true oh yeah i have tons of those usually they're <laughs> special guests so <laughs> but um, yes we are today I'm, I'm doing we're doing the uh peacemaker have you ever heard of a guy named peacemaker no D- james gunn written and directed or at least directed most of the episodes so, which was a surprise. And wrote, and wrote all the episodes. And wrote them all, yes. He wrote the series. Um, I believe he had this planned from coming right off of Suicide Squad, like just, just the storyline. Uh, the story is that he wrote it while finishing Suicide Squad. Mm. Because of the pandemic, everything kind of got delayed, so he was finishing it. And he just was in love with the John Cena character of Peacemaker. and was like, hey, let's, I want to do that a deeper dive into peacemaker so that's oh. the story see okay so with that could that have been because you know at the end of suicide squad which i'm sure you've all seen suicide squad he gets shot but they save his life in the credit scene so with that information would the credit scene been added on afterward to keep him alive oh could they just have, have added, added that on. in i mean they do that all the time sometimes yeah all the time sometimes that, that that's how hollywood works um <laughs> Yeah, because you want to know something in that scene, Harcourt and um, Economist. Economist is in that um, the scene at the end, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's punishment for. And then they're the stars of Peacemaker. And the co-star, the co-star Peacemaker, is not in that end scene. No, just out of bio. Out of bio, yeah. But she wasn't in Suicide Squad. But that's that's the thing. It's like I mean, I, I won't say I know that deep into Amanda Waller's lore, but. Does she have a daughter? Holy fuck, your mother is Amanda Waller? <laughs> I didn't know she had a daughter. I mean, uh, let's be realistic. Amanda Waller could have three husbands and 17 kids, and that would still probably fit canon. <laughs> Not with an attitude like that. She's like, she's <laughs> mysterious. <laughs> Well, she's keeping her husband's hostage. I guess. <laughs> you know, not concurrently. Hey, and I'm but, not going to say know. it's not uh, out of her uh, wheelhouse either. It's definitely something she would do, I think. The show kicks off like directly after Peacemaker saved. And, sort of. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like one of the things James Gunn, and he did speak about this, how he loved to use these D-list, F-list characters from DC that weren't, that weren't uh, popular. Um, and... You know, I guess he could get to play with them, but he liked to use those. And that's what you like to use in Suicide Squad when he killed most of the people at the very beginning of the show. Yeah. And then this thing, Peacemaker is not a big popular character. 
No, I don't think Peacemaker's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Like, I had never heard of Peacemaker before Suicide Squad. There's no superhero called Peacemaker? Dude, I'm fucking famous. Not that famous. Right. And so I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's like the Captain America ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> that DC had. Like, we need somebody that's like Captain America, but different. Oh, yeah. we're calling and, Peacemaker. And he's like this anti-hero who's, I mean, bad guy sometimes. I mean, maybe, I guess if you go on Marvel, maybe something like Captain America and then like a Punisher. Where, you know, he's bad, but he kills a bunch of people. But he does it for a good reason. <laughs> and his reason is peace. Um, By killing anyone. I made a vow to have peace. No matter how many people I have to kill to get it. So I will say, I love the James Gunn interpretation of him. And, I mean, I would say James Gunn and John Cena. Because from what I heard, John Cena had a lot of input on this character. I Yeah, I would hope so. He did. The, 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 it definitely seems like... John Cena. I mean, James Gunn's a brilliant writer, mm-hmm. but I I think he's writing it specifically for Cena. Cena is taking it, saying it about this, about this, mm-hmm. contributing a lot to it. I remember seeing an interview with um with James Gunn. And he did say that um, two of the best actors he's worked with was John Cena and Chris Pratt because of their active role in creating these characters. I think that's probably a little bit accurate, but also he made those comments promoting Peacemaker. So <laughs> he's not going to be like, oh, the two best actors I worked with were Chris Pratt and huh. Dave Bautista. Yeah. <laughs> so did you like Peacemaker? I did like Peacemaker. I, I mean, Peacemaker. We're, obviously, we're recording an episode about it, so I guess that... No, no, I will record an episode about a show I don't like too. Yeah. So, but this one I actually did. I was I was actually surprised by it. I was surprised at how fun fun it was. I mean, there was some. I mean, I have some critiques which I'm going to go over. But um, for the most part, if you like, like I said, if you like Suicide Squad, I think you'll like this. I think you'll like Peacemaker. I'm going to go one further there. Mm-hmm. I think this is better than Suicide Squad. What? Whoa. I think it's funnier. Like, it's a more intimate portrayal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not just, like, how many people can we kill in 30 seconds for the humor of it. Okay, did you like the Peacemaker character in Suicide Squad? Uh, no, not that much. I thought it was just, like, a tool. Like, yeah. and you know. I mean, the good thing about the show is that, yes, he comes off as this tool. He comes off as comic relief to, you know, Idris Elba. As as all the other yeah. Suicide Squad characters do, <laughs> yeah. The um, I mean, Peacemaker's the jester in Suicide Squad, but here you you get like an intimate portrayal. The great thing about the TV shows, they're building these as basically four hour, five hour movies. No, um, I mean that. I mean Disney Plus are taking it right off the Disney Plus playbook. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, but that's a good playbook to steal from. Yeah, no, especially especially with this, like you know, building this DCEU universe not I mean, just like this no. might be this is probably heresy to say also i haven't seen all the other ones so i don't but this is probably i mean this is probably my favorite dc eu piece oh. and definitely tv movies yeah period? definitely makes makes me look forward to other dc universe stuff okay because i mean um i did hear a rumor that rat catchers getting their own series <laughs> I don't know about that I'm one. Sorry, Ratcatcher Two. Ratcatcher Two. Ratcatcher series might be good. Ratcatcher Two. I don't know about. Uh, but no, I was gonna say with because um, I, I agree with the whole peacemaker character. You get you see this like two two dimensional 
character, kind of two-dimensional character in um, Suicide Squad. And I don't want to say two-dimensional because it sounds bad. And I just think he was he was more of a just just a minor character. Yeah. Um, and then you get to see a deep dive into his psyche and where all these motivations come from. The joke that oh, I'll do I'll I'm I'm for peace by any means necessary, and I'll kill as many people to get it. You see where that actually comes from. You see that like how he has to like over compensate for his father's love or or yeah his father's thereof. acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't watched it, watch it because we're gonna um, we're gonna go into some spoilers now. So, you know, because it starts off at the beginning. I, I remember this this part where he's he comes out before he gets released. He's talking to the um, the janitor. Oh, peacemaker! Yes. You're that racist superhero. Oh. You only kill minorities, man. <laughs> I killed a fair amount of white people too. The ratio is suspect. Is all I have to say. He makes this comment, but then like later on, it kind of builds on that because you find out his father's like the grand dragon of superheroes, <laughs> <of> super villains. <laughs> Even though he doesn't know this, he has this kind of like deep like drive to kind of yeah, yeah deep ingrained to you know, get his father's acceptance. He probably doesn't even realize it. Oh, so you think he kills more uh, non-white people because he's the son of the, the right? The, well, what his, what his vision of the which white, is the white knight, white dragon. Yeah, the white dragon. His father always just saw, you know, people that weren't white as bad. So him growing up, if he's taking out bad guys, he would see. So, I I mean, I think we all picture Peacemaker as like definitely killing more non-white people than white people. But do we actually see this happen? No. Because, I mean, yeah, he's on the island in in Suicide Squad. So there's going to be less white people there to kill. But we don't see like his total victim count and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely racist. (laughs) However, we all like that entire scene with the janitor is a complete setup for the like, oh, you're the racist superhero. Right. The whole thing is a setup for that. Um, It's kind of funny. Now, and he didn't mean to, but this is just what his upbringing is. Now, is the, the white dragon a character that or a, a comic book character of note um yes is that canon that the white dragon is canon um and i, I and this is only because I, I didn't really read peacemaker comics so i didn't i don't no, know no but one, i did no, but i, I do know it's canon okay but i do know it's canon um i don't know how accurate a portrayal is so hey if you do know just just go ahead I mean, Robert Patrick pretty much had free free reign. I think. Oh yeah, no, nah, he. Robert Patterson's. I mean, Robert Patrick's performance. <laughs> Robert Patterson. <laughs> wrong DC. The... Wrong Robert. Wrong, wrong. DC. <laughs> the hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Robert Patrick's performance was um was excellent. I think he, I do think he had free reign. I think that he kind of just grabbed that character and he just came off like this racist son of a bitch. Very happy for the yeah. ending. And if you haven't seen the whole thing, we're talking about when Peacemaker kills his father. They didn't just like, oh, okay, he's dead. Like he actually had like a little bit of emotional breakdown around the whole oh. thing. Um, but I thought that he handled that. I thought that was great for them to go through and do Yeah, you, got, you get to see some of those John Cena acting chops. You know. Yeah. I mean, between the Dove of Peace, which I'm still not sure why it's upside down. Where's the Dove of Peace? The what? The Dove of Peace, my trademark. It's engraved on all my weapons, my tomahawk, my sword, my blow darts, my pistol. You wanted to stop and take the sniper rifle to an engraver and put a Dove of Peace on it. Uh, yeah. But he's got to have the, you know, between insisting upon the, having the Dove of Peace on everything and, like, the emotional breakdown. 
I'm like, okay, these are the kind of like the really weird points that make his character kind of like, all right, how, do we have to do this? Some of it, yeah. Right. But. Well, this is one of the things I just like about, you know, when they play these anti-heroes, like even from the first Suicide Squad, you have to f- make these bad guys likable. At the end of Suicide Squad, Peacemaker wasn't likable. He killed Rick Flagg. And then you see him freaking out in, in like episode one. He's at home. He's kind of like beating himself up that people hate him because of that. Everybody fucking hates you. Fucking dick. You killed Rick Flagg. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, everyone did hate him because of that. I mean, coming off of Suicide Squad. But they had to build, so they built this character. I mean, throughout this thing, you wind up liking Peacemaker and forgetting that he was, you know, he was a tool and killed Rick Flagg. Yeah. But I mean, they also made that a pretty major point and reoccurring point. Yeah. That I think it worked really well to pull all of those things together. Yeah, we have hardcore actually calling him a piece of crap murderer. <laughs> yeah, killing Rick Flag. Yeah, not cool. He loses his nerve. Yeah, multiple times in the whole show. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to kill anymore. I mean, I think that was a great build to like kind of slowly making this character more likable he's like well i'm realizing the mistakes of my past and i want to start doing better so you know by the end of the series you're like hey i like peacemaker even though you know he is still a murderer (laughs) he still killed a lot of people before he was even put in jail in suicide squad (laughs) so let's talk a little bit because this will be a good transition right we had the the intro scene with the janitor yes which sets up the dance opening how many times did you watch the dance opening um, I've watched it, well, I would say a couple times, the first couple times, and then, you know, you skip over it. You skip over it. All right. Because yeah. I've heard other people who are like, yeah, I can't skip over it. They're like, I have to watch it every time. And it's the same opening every time. We've heard James Gunn say, oh, it's different. It opens yeah. up new things. I, I don't see anything different. Like they did it one time. Yeah. I, haven't, I was going to go back and look after I heard James Gunn saying that it's actually different each time, but I haven't yet. So, if you know... I so. <laughs> I was watching for differences. I'm like, there's got to be little things. No. Same thing every oh. time. Every time that I've seen it, it was the same. Now, Even the music, I could yeah. be completely wrong. Music's same. Hmm. We'll talk about the music in a second. But yeah, the opening dance number. like People love it because it's corny. It confused the shit out of me the first time because I'm like who are all these people right they must be major characters if they're in the opening and they're not <laughs> like the his father's neighbor yeah and the janitor the janitor at least does have another couple of appearances yeah the, no, the, the, the neighbor and, like and yeah the, like the waifu let's talk judo master game yeah. because I didn't get his full I mean I felt like yes he when when he just he was actually working for them, I figured he was just a paid thug, but then he seemed to have a heart and like wanted to like st- you know stick up for the butterflies' cause. In this thing, the butterflies are pretty much like eco friendly aliens that want to uh, save the uh, save the Earth from you know the people using up all the resources and going um, extinct, kind of like what Thanos is doing, but a different way. Uh, <laughs> but they, but they, so they would take over. The whole plan is like to take over people, you know, take over people's minds, get in prominent positions, and try to change the course of us 
I guess, destroying our planet. So that's their master plan. So they're, you know, they're big So tree inherently, <laughs> Amanda Waller's organization, what is it, Argus, uh, Peacemaker, still bad dudes because they kill somebody who's trying to help the human race. <laughs> still a bunch of shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the... The big overarching, but story. Ju- the judo master. Because at first you find out yeah, that they're, they're fighting, they're fighting him. When he gets beat, he's actually trying to tell Peacemaker that he's fighting for a better cause, and it's not what they think. Butterflies, they're not what you think they are. And so I'm like, okay, cool. This can be some bigger thing. You find out this was the cause, and they're still taking over people's brains. At the end, you see judo master break down and cry. Because the butterflies are killed. That part I didn't exactly get. I mean, I didn't see his um I guess why he is so passionate about that to the point where he's like crying and breaking down like it's like it's his kid that got killed or something. <laughs> that I did that is a question that I'm gonna ask James Gunn what <laughs> What was up with Judah Master what crying was so hard? Yeah, why why was his renovation? I don't I don't what was, what was his motivation? I mean, now it, you're going to was, was he was he that yeah. was he like really that deep into saving the earth that he was this hardcore into the cause? I think you you know it was it was his thing. He's a sensitive yeah. guy. Judo Master is a sensitive guy. So they have to take over his brain. We assume he's like, it's I'm a guy. Maybe, Judo Master <laughs> may not be a guy. We're not sure. Did they ever take off? His, they didn't take off his mask. That's DC trope. They never take off their masks when they can. I mean, I feel like in real life. I mean, for a while, I assumed that Judo Master was the superhero alter ego of the police detective. Oh. Hmm. But. Wow. They're not. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Um, So, not that. But I was like, oh, maybe there's an alter ego thing going on here. No, no, not at all. You know, hardcore economists. I mean, I love their parts in um, the Suicide Squad. I mean, obviously, minor, not thinking they're going to be doing anything more. They get put on punishment and put on this like assignment, which I feel like, yeah, it might be punishment because you're working with Peacemaker, but this seems like a real, a real mission. <laughs> yeah, quite a, a lot more help versus just like sitting back in the control room and 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 apparently know, hardcore, hardcore is like this is her Jones, like she's going for that. She's badass. Oh, so was she behind the desk in the first place? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know why Economist was. <laughs> yeah, saying, but he he shows up. No, he shows up. At, you know, and when he, you know, when he takes out Junior Master, I actually felt for him. There's a scene where everyone goes to try to save Vigilante and Peacemaker, and they leave um, Economist to watch and make sure nobody gets away. He sees Judo Master getting away, and he has to stop him. I was like, how's he going to stop Judo Master? <laughs> he figured it he out. He had to find a way, and. It was actually plausible. Economist, motherfucker! Yeah! All right, let's talk about the other characters, the new characters. Um, oh, so we got Adebayo. Oh, Adebayo. We got Myrn. Myr. Myr? Yeah, Myr, which... Okay. I mean, apparently Myrs is bad, like another badass secret agent, but, you know, he's kind of... He's, he's he like the male wet version work. of Amanda Waller. Yeah, he seems like he does their wet work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it comes out because the butterfly, you know, that's just taken over Myrrh is like, I took, I picked the worst person I could find. So yeah, he's supposed to be a good butterfly. When you find, when we find out later on that there's a, there's a butterfly inside of Myrrh 
and uh, and he says he's fighting against the other butterflies. He picked the worst person because he knows when he takes over somebody, they die. He he actually had compassion to pick the worst person, so he's kind of like you know still taking somebody out that's bad. He's trying to do good with it. But so he's trying to stop the butterflies, the butterflies who are trying to save the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, because, save the world in their way. Because, but what does he want to do? He just wants to like not be there or is he want to go back to the original plan which was we're just going to live here and that's that's a good question my my two cents my interpretation is that he wants to go back to the original plan he doesn't want to like kill everybody (laughs) i guess he's against this whole world domination because their their ultimate plan is we have to force everyone we have to force the humans to save their own planet which you know i guess it's you know possible it's possible because hey if you want to save this planet, sometimes you got to do it by force. That's a commercial for the butterflies. No, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that, that's just a point of view because you know if we're if we're destroying our planet and we'll continue to do that because it's in our self interest and it won't change until you know it's already all destroyed. Their ver- their view of it is oh we just got to like make them do it. Yeah, I think so, that but that to me is exactly what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what would happen. Yeah. But I do want to say this because um, they, they actually bring this up too. You know, he says at the beginning, like, you, you know, this this is called Project Butterfly before we even find out they're butterflies. And he makes a joke about it because in, obviously, in um, Suicide Squad, they had Project Starfish and they wanted to bring a giant starfish. He makes this comment about it. What, is this going to be a giant butterfly? And they and they kind of like play it off. Even I think Murray even plays it off and says, oh, not everything is just that but then when they finally shoot golf and a butterfly flies out <laughs> project butterfly <laughs> so i want to know who's naming these things because <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret for a secret operation i feel like <laughs> the name is kind of blatantly out there but yeah but then everybody knows what it is as soon as they're like oh project butterfly yeah that's about the butterflies yeah project starfish oh that's the the giant fucking starfish that's in some caribbean country (laughs) so yeah no i'm okay with it no i I think it's funny yeah what i thought was odd from a story arc structure you don't understand the butterfly piece and you don't understand the enemy you know the bad guy in the story until pretty far into the story like it's episode three at the end of three. Well, episode three is when you discover that they're butterflies. Right. But so you go through the, like, Oh you, yeah. you see the weird chick, you see the, the behavior, we see what happens and they're like, Oh, these are bad people, but you don't understand like what it is. It's, yeah. it just seems like really far into the story to have that hook be like, Oh yeah, this is an alien species that's invaded. That's, well, I would say yeah, but I mean, I think it's I think it's good in the sense that obviously that wasn't the focus because at the time we're building this, we're kind of still they were building Peacemaker's character in these first couple episodes. Yes, their their plan I feel like is butterfly. Yeah, but that I mean they're, the yeah, they're part. They're building more than they're all the characters, right? They're building them Papayos, all. Yes, you know. And so they, I mean, I think they did a great job building to that. We learn about the butterflies. You know, episode three. I mean, it, the, the cliffhangers on each of these episodes made you want to turn on to the next one. Well, do you think that, that was good. in any way related to the fact that 
the first three episodes were released all at the same time. And then it was weekly from then on out. Hmm. See, I watched them all together when they were all done, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, should tell, I watched them all right before the last one came out. So, yeah. But I do agree with that, yeah. I think it gets you hooked, and then right when you found the butterflies and you kind of like got to know everyone, you're there every week. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think that was, looking back on it, that was probably intentional. I did the same thing as you, right? I kind of streamed them pretty much all together. Yeah, because it's called impatience. I don't want to sit and wait, wait every week. Yeah, don't do that. Don't just <laughs> if if anyone in you know, the universe is listening that has control over these things, just just release it all at once. Like, oh no, I mean, I I do the thing. Don't is, do weekly. I appreciate the weekly in a sense. I mean, in the sense that people actually can talk about each episode. Because I feel like some of the stuff, if you just binge it, you do. I mean, you, you it's the episodes aren't special. Yeah, but you can do that on your own. You can, but do you? This is like the, this is like the same idea of: Do you buy the regular size bag of pretzels, or do you buy the individually portioned hundred calorie pretzel bags? Because you can't control yourself. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Okay. Like, if yes. you release all of it together, I'm not going to binge them all at once. Somebody will, but yeah. I'm not going to. I'm going to take my time, watch it when I can, get through it all. No, I'm if you sleep. force the schedule, <laughs> I don't like it. I just don't. I don't like it. I would rather watch like two or three at a time, be good, come back, watch two or three. Yeah. Grant, I would just watch one or two at a time, personally, just because I was probably busy. But I could see myself if I had time to kill. And there's times where I was like, all right, let me throw on one more before going to bed. And then I go to bed late. And I know what happens. I wake up. You, you pass out <laughs> while it's still playing. Oh, no, no. The problem is like, I don't. I'm, and then you're like, I'm on episode nine out of ten. <laughs> I haven't seen the last ones. Now I have to go back and figure out where I went to. Uh huh. This is, this is just your issue. My no, name. actually my issue because I will stay up and watch them. And then, I, I and actually get caught up in the story and yeah. don't fall asleep uh-huh. on it, uh-huh. though I should be going to sleep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. But, um, so you need the 100-calorie packs is what you're telling me. Uh, as far as um, yes, the super, superhero shows, yeah, I need the 100-calorie packs. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, there we go. The, <laughs> let's talk. We haven't even talked Vigilante, which, one the, which actually is one of the funny and um, annoying characters. I am extra special <laughs> careful in all my heroic endeavors, which is probably the reason why and... I don't mean to be a prick. You went to prison, and I did. <laughs> you know, Vigilante's just this clinger on of Peacemaker. Personally, I want to know what he's been doing this whole time. Peacemaker's in jail. He's just been randomly out kicking butt. But Yeah, he's just been hanging out. You know, he's your friendly neighborhood vigilante yeah. superhero <laughs> who is definitely not racist. Kills way more white people than he does anybody <laughs> else, apparently. There's a bunch of rumors going around about you being racist, and, you know... Frankly, it's a little embarrassing for me, as if I become a racist by osmosis, even though I mostly kill white people. So and the characters, I mean, pretty creative and funny. The fact that he just needs acceptance. That's because we're born killers. What separates us from other killers is we only kill bad people, usually, unless there's a mistake. Just kind of like I mean, I, I mean, I, f- I feel a version of like you know, Peacemaker wanting acceptance from his father. He is kind of like the, the nerd kid that that made himself buff and he's grown up and now he's a badass and he can do all this stuff, but he still wants to be accepted. And he's and still he's a been, nerd. In yes. It, when he's not peacemaker, when he's not vigilante. 
Yeah, so. <laughs> that's out there. That's always going to be out there. He's always going to be that nerd. Yeah, he wants yeah. acceptance. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of funny that like he's still trying to get acceptance from the cool kid who's a peacemaker, who's even peacemaker though he can yeah. kick ass. Um, to the point where he just volunteers to help out this um, <laughs> to help out in this mission just to feel included. Yeah, well, that's his friend. Kind of <laughs> doesn't matter to peacemakers. Like yeah. I don't consider him a friend, but he considers peacemaker his friend. A peacemaker would not do this mission if he didn't have that bomb in his head still <laughs> from um, from Suicide Squad. They don't actually bring that up a lot afterwards. Yeah, I mean, they mention it at the beginning, and that's it. So he might not even have it in his head, and they just told him that, so he just complies. But, <laughs> but we don't say that, so we'll see if that happens in uh, Season 2 of Peacemaker, which probably is going to get approved if it's not already. Um, but no, Vigilante, I mean, I, th- I think he's a fun, funny, kind of like fun, great character. Um, he's just I mean, he's this, way more competent than peacemaker is yes and no he's obviously easily manipulated yeah it's definitely easy to manipulate. there okay i'll uh, let me retract yes. that he's not way more competent because there are several instances of him being an idiot about shit yes um so but from a like actual fighting he's a, oh yeah it's a fight yeah it's a fighter he's competent and i feel because he you know he sets up he never takes his mask so he can never he never takes off his masks so he doesn't get, so he can never be like in a lineup and get recognized in a lineup. That's his story. But once, and so he always has his mask on, but once his mask comes off in the show and then people see his face, he doesn't put the mask back on. Half the time he has the mask off all the time. I'm assuming just because the actor wants to see his face act. But I feel like, especially when the cops were coming, he should have put his mask on. When any, anyone was around, he should have put his mask back on. Especially when they're fighting butterflies. They should have all had masks on since these butterflies enter through the people's mouths. They should have put masks on to protect themselves from getting butterflied. <laughs> like Harcourt almost got when running into the middle of a fight with tons of butterflies. Why wouldn't they have a mask over their mouth? But, you know. <laughs> James Gunn, I hope you're taking notes. Please take notes when this, yeah. But, I mean, you want, you want to have the danger... You know that that scene where Harcourt's trying to pull that thing out of her out of her mouth and at the last second get saved. You're not going to have that if she had a vigilante mask on. So, you know, everybody's got to wear a vigilante mask. That's just the the story there. But I mean, I I feel like if I was doing this mission, everyone would have masks on, at least on their mouth, all the time. Yeah, it'd be a true pandemic centric. It'd be like, oh, they must have filmed in L.A. Everybody had to Hmm. wear a mask the whole film. Yeah. He wrote this during the pandemic, but he took their masks off. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. James Gunn. Hmm. And I, I think I remember, I, I think I said this during the uh, Suicide Squad podcast, but Disney screwed up when they when they fired James Gunn. They fired him off of Guardians because of some tweet 10 years ago. And DC was like, uh, we, we don't care. And they hired him. They got him to do Suicide Squad. And right when he started doing Suicide Squad, Disney wanted him back. <laughs> Disney wanted them back and so they had to push Guardians 3 they they didn't think that through Disney yeah no, I mean you guys still do great work it's just just let's not let's not do the knee jerk reactions to uh, you know cancel culture stuff because you lost James Gunn I mean he's back now he's back on Guardians but but it's it, it, but it's a it's a good thing for us because we got to see a good Suicide Squad and got to see this Peacemaker yeah. I which mean, I do rate as pretty damn good yeah 
Yeah, no, so, I mean, it's definitely definitely been beneficial for him to, to be working on Guardian or be working on DCU stuff. Yeah, I mean, so. he's, he's, he's obviously, from your comments, he saved the DCEU in your eyes because you're interested in more DCEU because of his work. Yeah. I, so. bet, I mean, I'll tell you, like, even Suicide Squad, I was like, ah, it's okay, it's not great. But before the recent one, I was like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> like, Wonder Woman was all right. And then Wonder Woman 84 came out, and I'm like, well, they killed this again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aquaman. What did you think of Aquaman? I haven't seen it. I, oh, hear, he, I hear he fucks fish, but... <laughs> oh, oh, I do want to say that because um, at the very end, one of the comments about at, at the, uh, in the Suicide Squad is, yo, where is Superman? Because a giant starfish stomping on the city. Um, that was one of the big comments they had afterwards. So in this one, they actually have the Justice League show up. I mean, minus Batman, but they have the Justice League show up at the very end and... You know, he, you know, Peacemaker makes a comment. It's like, oh, now you guys, you guys are too late. Kind of walks past, like, with their battle wounds after fighting. So apparently all of that was in service of James Gunn knowing, one, I'm never going to have the budget. But he's like, I know I can get Jason MoMA. Yeah. And so I'm going to put MoMA in. And MoMA was apparently very intrigued by the Aquaman fucks fish comments. And so he was like, yeah, I want to be there. Uh, and they got Flash in as the, the actual character, uh, or the, the actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, mainly because I believe their, their their movies are coming out next, so they you know this helps promote their movies. They also had Cyborg and Batman. No, no Batman, written, Superman. Written no Cyborg oh. and Batman were written into the scene, but then DC requested they be cut because their movies coming out. So oh. Um, so they just had the Wonder Woman and, and Superman, and which, Superman with stand-ins. So yeah, and it was kind of cool because you see them in silhouette. You see them in the distance in silhouette, and like oh, to me it's like oh, well they're not going to have the real ones there. And when they walk by them, you see the real Aquaman, you see the real Flash. I'm like oh shoot, they got they got half of them. The Superman and um, Wonder Woman are still in silhouette. But no, it was um, <laughs> but yeah, was, I think it was a great ending to be like oh, thanks for coming here now. You know, we're done. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are late, and that's and that's kind of like I believe it was off the comments of of um, Suicide Squad, and the other thing because I I do like the references because they they made tons of references to DCEU stuff throughout the series, and one of the other things they tackled was you know when when the uh, neighbor was telling them, well you're not a real superhero, you know you're not like Batman, and. He goes, do you have like a rogue gallery of villains? And he makes the comment, is like, You want to know why I don't have a coterie of supervillains? Why? My coterie of supervillains is six feet fucking under. There, you see, Batman doesn't kill people. Because he's a pussy. He's a dark creature of the night. He's a jackass who wrestles with murderers dressed like clowns and throws them in prison <laughs> so they can break out of prison and then murder more people. Riddle me this, how many people you think Batman's indirectly murdered by being too much of a candy ass not to kill these fools who clearly need to be smoked? Which is a, a comic trope in, in the Batman lore. Because, yeah, the truth is, <laughs> him leaving the Joker alive for the justice system to take care of and he comes out and kills like 100 more people. <laughs> is that not Batman's fault? That's kind of Batman's fault. Uh-huh. I'm still vengeance in the night out here. Um, and then obviously they make the comment of Aquaman fucking fish. Aquaman fucks fish? Yeah. 
I don't believe it. Guy on Twitter works for the aquarium. Said for 50 bucks, he brings him in the back so he can have his way with a sturgeon. Well, and, and is it bad that every time I made that comment, I'm linking it to the boys? And to... Oh. <laughs> All the boys' characters are just kind of rip-offs of... <laughs> DC Justice League superheroes, so yeah, they they just make fun of all those tropes too. <laughs> the guy in the ocean always fucks the fish. Yeah, that's the rumor. I'm so fucking sick of that rumor. Watch the Peacemaker, I would say, because you liked it, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I liked the whole thing. I liked uh, the the character, like the non superhero character uh, path, the arcs that people had. I think uh, Adebayo, yeah, James Gunn wrote her, references her as like the true co-star for the Peacemaker. Yeah. I think that might be a little bit of a push, but she's supposed to be like the best friend who, you know, doesn't know it, but they're like matched up Yeah, um, from an arc perspective. She's got her bad things that she's overcoming. Uh, and, you know, and, her, and they're popping her in as Amanda, Water, Water, Amanda Waller's daughter. That's a tongue twister. The, uh, <laughs> Amanda Waller's daughter? I don't know. Yeah. Not, um, you know, they got Amanda Waller to be in the show, too, at the yeah. beginning and the end, you know, do a little cameo. No, I like the character. I think that I think her her being the trustworthy character that, like, Peacemaker has a connection with, because Peacemaker didn't trust anyone in this team, rightfully so. <laughs> and, and, um, but he also calls her out, like, right away with, like... Yeah, why are you here? Like, you've got no skills. You're new. Right. <laughs> like, you're not killing anybody. You're not you're like right. She's like, I'm good. I'm trained. I know what I'm doing. And then she doesn't actually. Right? She yeah. Can't pull the trigger. She's not. But, but she overcomes that. She gets better about it. She's good at planting diaries. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> so she serves as the mole for the mission for Amanda Waller's mission, but. And using the, they plan the diary so when this whole thing goes down, they can use Peacemaker as a scapegoat. This is Amanda Waller's plan, which makes her such a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. Duh. <laughs> I mean, if but you I, still... I, don't, I still don't get that because the diary is the real thing. Like, that's like all the real stuff. They're like, oh, this guy's crazy, blah, 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 blah. But I don't get how that resolved anything i guess well, it just it allowed it was it more would, of, it would allow the butterflies to kill peacemaker <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is if this whole plan went to shit he would be the scapegoat okay it would be either 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 they um are not if if they're saying that like oh it's he he's the one who thought all this stuff is real and he went and did all these killings and stuff so keeping the butterflies a secret as well as like you know having a scapegoat yes interesting but you mean, but then they they just use it as a trust thing where, you know, Beastmaker yeah. loses trust. No, I, I, I get the, the, the story purposes of it. I just right. don't get Amanda Waller's, like, why that was an outcome that she was looking for. Or, you know. Well, and, and the thing is, if you don't like, if you don't like Peacemaker, like you didn't like him in um, Suicide Squad, you wouldn't care that he got blamed for this. But now that we have fallen in love with him. Now that we've like sympathized with him, we don't want him to. We don't want him to go under for something he didn't do. <laughs> but yeah. But to her, to Amanda Waller, she's the patsy. He's a patsy, just like yeah, all of them. Expendable. They're all yeah. expendable. But um, should have called it the Expendables. Uh, it was uh, taken. taken. <laughs> but I will say this: this movie's not. I mean, this TV show is not expendable. It's a very good show. You should watch it. Um, 
like I said, if you like Suicide Squad, you should watch it. Yeah. And and even the professor says he likes it better than Suicide Squad, which is crazy. But no, it's I know oh, you, you were the guys that didn't understand why King Shark was so short. <laughs> so come on, I don't know well, how you all saw, missed that. He should he should be bigger. Yeah, he should have been. But taller. they're making fun of Sylvester Stallone the whole time. That's why he's short. Right. I didn't catch that. I know you didn't catch and it. And I listened to that. the podcast and I yelled at my phone, radio, whatever it was that was playing at the time. I'm like, how do they not know this? <laughs> well, it's a joke. They're fucking with Sylvester Stallone. Anyway, go watch yeah. Peacemaker. Go watch Peacemaker, yo. This is uh, KFC Free. We're going to be out of here. Watch Peacemaker and then um, tune in. To, um, tune in. Catch other podcasts. And there's, there's going to be a big drop of podcasts. Oh, yeah, they're coming. Let's go. This is Chris the Film School. Drop out here with the professor. Capes Eat Free is on TV. Good night and good luck. We out. <laughs>